0: So let's have a quick, audible hello to JC Viennes today, still in uh, Venice,
1: how are you? Yes, indeed, I'm in Venice. We had a, an amazing experience uh, last uh, last weekend, actually, because they were predicting the so-called Aqua Alta. Yeah. Aqua Alta, Aqua Alta is that, is when we have an extraordinary high tide in Venice. And uh, they calculated according to centimeters, uh, from the low tide, basically. And they were predicting a, a tide of 130 centimeters, which means that uh, a very, very wide swat of land in mm-hmm. Venice would be flooded, but flooded up to the ankles, not flooded up to the knees. And uh, it was very interesting because uh, for us, uh, we experience what it is to put uh, this special device in front of our door, mm-hmm. in case there's a flooding in the house. And we, we bought our, our rubber boots and we were we were absolutely ready. But uh, in Venice, um, they have built a special system in the lagoon. Yep. They call the system MOSE. And MOSE, what it is basically it's it's a huge steel barrier mm. that will raise up and prevent those high tide to reach Venice. This is this is and one this of those kind of um,
0: weird freak of nature things, isn't it? So it's to do with the moon and winds and uh, tide level, e- all sorts of things together. E-
1: Exactly, because um, there is a wind coming from Africa, it's called the sirocco mm-hmm. and that's, that wind is, is meeting um, another wind from the mountains, from the Alps, and it creates a, a meteorological um, incident, and this incident really raised the, the tides very high. Mm. But this system, this system called the MOSE, uh, actually stopped those tides from, from entering into the lagoon wow. and from flooding Venice. And it was the first time ever this ever happened. And everybody here was celebrating because (laughs) they, 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 you know, somebody told me, "You, you, you have to live here to to understand because when you have the high tide from october to january and february yeah it's really a pain when when your house is flooded every second week or even every every third week but now it seems that the mosey is working and they are very satisfied and very happy
0: yeah there's lots of pictures of aqua alta online of course and in every <clears throat> most most of them people are sort of splashing around and stuff it's like it's like a snow day in the in canada yes. or something like that <laughs>
1: Exactly. What, what is a little bit misleading by those pictures in the media is that this high tide actually uh, lasts only for a few hours. Right. So when, when there is aqua alta, it, it is like a high tide, but I, I should say an extra high tide. And so, you, you know, the cycle of tides is about six hours. So when the tide is at its maximum, then You know, the Piazza San Marco in Venice will flood, but a few hours later the water will have receded and so there is no more water.
0: Apparently, the official minimum is 35 inches. Still quite a lot, isn't it? Uh, (laughs) Oh, and the the tide is is above normal high tide, yeah.
1: That's right, above normal high tide, exactly. And so we experienced that. This is why uh, actually we we put away all of our things because we live in a two-floor apartment Mm. in Burano and and we we put away all of our stuff uh, in storage and and now we have to recover it. And so, but for me it has been (laughs) a very interesting two weeks uh, (laughs) traveling back and forth uh, to to Verona to check my apartment and uh, in other places and uh, it has been very, very fascinating,
0: well, the obvious thing for me to ask you is what was your aqua alta wine of choice aqua alto vino <laughs>
1: <laughs> in fact it 's very funny because we we had friends over Venice this weekend and and we went to a restaurant and we were actually having the the lunch the the, the lunch when the aqua the, the aqua was raising oh. in one one part of of Burano, where we live. The island is very, very low and so we were having lunch and, and basically the water was, was behind our table, we had to raise our feet and at that time we had a beautiful Sauvignon uh, <laughs> to, to 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 enjoy with our, our fish actually, we had fish, we had a, a beautiful sea bass. Uh, with, with this Sauvignon, it was delicious. So
0: you're enjoying yourself in your new incarnation over there, aren't you? From now on in, every time I talk to JC, it's going to be somewhere in Italy or wherever, really, isn't it? That's it. Exactly, exactly.
1: Uh, frankly speaking, yes. In fact, um, I made a realization after the harvest in, uh, in, in, in yeah. You remember the last show we had together was, was the, uh, we were about yeah. to go to the harvest. That's right. For me, I made a realization that coming to this project, really helped me to understand something much better. First of all, it, it's very challenging emotionally because the people involved in the wine industry are always very passionate. But those people making wine, it's a, it's a different kind of passion. Okay. And I had a long talk with the so-called agronomist, the person who handled the viticulture, the the vineyard here in Venice, And it's amazing what, what this guy thinks about nature and the vineyard, and we were talking, talking, talking about this and it's very fascinating, because for me, you know, coming from Hong Kong, I was teaching about wine, I was writing about wine in different magazines, Mm. Uh, I was organizing events, but all of this is a kind of, um, is a kind of uh, intellectual or, I should say, theoretical, theoretical, theoretical yeah. experience. But now that I'm working the vineyard with this agronomist and also with Matteo Bissol, who is the owner of Anissa and we are talking about the problems they have, the solutions they find, the decisions they have to make. It's very, very fascinating and it's a very interesting experience. How do you feel? Um, it you or something? Well, not yet because my experience is is quite limited. But definitely, it has changed the way I look at wine. Yeah. It has changed the way I consider the the theory that I'm teaching in courses. And so, from that point of view, this has been already a very enriching experience. Because uh, at the end of the day, making wine is uh, it's a business like any other. Uh, but it's also full of compromises that that are that are sometimes is not so clear when we read books or articles about wine. We think that making wine is a straightforward, very uh, mm, uh, uh, riskless less uh, uh, trade, really, like an really industry, but it's not.
0: Did you really think that?
1: Well, of course, you, you know, when we think about the harvest, for example, we always think, ah, the rain may be coming in autumn, and so we need to pick the grapes uh, very quickly. Mm. Or maybe we could say, oh, we had a cold summer and this was terrible. But, but this is way, way, way too simple. It's, it's much, much more complicated. Uh, for example, with the agronomist, we spent half an hour talking about mosquitoes. It's so important. <laughs> well, yes, because there are some mosquitoes, in, in fact there is a, a mosquito that apparently was imported on fruits coming from Japan, and it's called the Drosophilia. Uh, and this little mosquito is a little devil of a mosquito because it, it will go on the, on, the, on, the, on the berry, it will then prick the berry with a small hole to yeah. suck some, some sweet juice, and then this fly will go away. But that hole, you cannot actually see it, it's so, so small. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, because there's a hole in the skin now, the berry has lost the protection, and so suddenly the berry will start to attract all kinds of bacteria and viruses around the vineyard, and then it will start to rot. So that single berry will make the entire grape rotten. And this is not good, obviously, because a rotten grape will give wine some trouble during fermentation and winemaking, etc. So, and then, he, but we know about the Drosophilia, but he was also telling me about this other mosquito and that other mosquito. But then he was telling me, he tried to introduce another mosquito inside the vineyard, because this mosquito ah. eat those <laughs> other mosquitoes. And he doesn't and eat so, the grapes. And it doesn't eat the grapes so Great. it's fascinating in this way you know nature is is really amazing
0: that's amazing so that that that's you're, discover- first- you're discovering all this stuff and i did i did want to catch up with you basically after we last spoke two weeks ago you know you were yes. up bright and early but what happened well you know you were there at the very beginning of the day
1: Yes, in fact, because we have such a small vineyard, not not even one hectare, one hectare, I don't know, it's, uh, uh, what is it, 100 meter by 100 meters, so it's not very big, and uh, so all the harvest was done in four hours, basically very quick. But it was great, and this is another thing I I learned from nature, you know, first of all, I I mentioned in in our segment that a vineyard is not homogeneous, so some parts of the vineyard are more ripe than other parts of the vineyard, this is one aspect, but another aspect is that very often at this time of year, there is a lot of rot in the vineyard, basically the fruit is, because it's not ripening at the same speed mm. and because there's humidity, um, so there's a lot of rot. So a, a producer will have to select the grapes very, very carefully to put aside the rotten ones and keep the healthy ones. But the problem is sometimes the percentage of rotten grapes is very high. Mm. And so that reduces the quantity the producer have available to, to make. But here at, at Venisa, What was amazing I discovered is that the grape that we are planting there is a single grape called the Dorona I think I mentioned last time and this is a special grape that exists only here in the lagoon of Venice and what I learned as we went through the vineyard and and did the harvest the grape was not rotten at all there was no rot whatsoever it was completely healthy and the agronomist was explaining to me that in fact this Dorona is so adapted To the humid condition of the Venice Lagoon, that it has succeeded in finding its way to fight naturally against the humidity, against the the rot. And I found this another aspect of nature that is really amazing. It's like us, if we catch a flu uh, or a cold, we become stronger and stronger. Mm -hmm. But the plant and the grape variety of the Dorona has done this over centuries. Uh, here in venice and this is quite amazing
0: it certainly sounds it jc we've got to put the lid on it for another day and go to the news but uh two questions two questions okay one is i hear did you have a wonderful day and did you really learn something when you did the harvest
1: of course, I mean, of course I learned so many things, just uh, what I mentioned about flies yeah. and rot, and the amazing resilience of Dorona, and of course I enjoyed myself because the, the harvest is a celebration actually, everybody's yeah. happy, ah, I see. everybody <laughs> celebrates, the, celebrates the, the miracle of nature.
0: And where will you be next week?
1: Uh, it's not clear yet ah, Okay,
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll work it out on the fly as we go look i really appreciate you um talking to us today especially when you're half flooded and all that kind of stuff but uh, as always an
1: absolute pleasure talking wine and stuff with JC Viennes. it's very nearly time for the news